Welcome back to the Tierney EdTech Podcast, Episode 4. I am Derek Burns, Chief Marketing Officer, and joining me once again is Ryan Siemens, Director of New Product Sales. Welcome back once again, Ryan. Thanks, Derek. I love these podcasts. <laughs> well, I hope I hope others do too. Um, we're we're just getting off the ground here, and I'm going to skip the disclaimer. We've got three episodes where we talk about a little bit more about who we are and what we're doing, but I think uh, we'll shorten that up today and just say that this is going to be focused on ed tech. So talking hardware, software, technology in the classroom, mainly focused on K-12. And today specifically, our topic is going to be mobile devices, but even more specific than that, we're going to focus on getting mobile devices back into the classroom or back into the school. Uh, we're coming off a several months up to a year of distance learning, remote learning, devices working from home, teachers teaching from home, hybrid environments. And now we're going to, uh, as schools, bring students back and teachers back into the classroom over the course of the next X number of months. Uh, we have a challenge ahead of us, which is bringing those devices back in. So Ryan, do you want to just kick it off? I mean, this this isn't something I think many people have thought deeply about and, and sort of the maybe the challenges and uh, things up ahead that they should be thinking about. So can you just paint the picture of what's going on and what's going to happen here and, you know, I guess imminently? Yeah, and, and I agree. I mean, whether it's through daily communication with, with schools or, you know, like uh, the Tyranny Tech Tour that just took place, um, you know, the schools are just dealing with with what they can uh, from day to day to make sure that the kids are learning and, um, you know, teachers are supported and everybody's safe in all those things when it comes to um, the pandemic, but also, you know, making decisions on when people come back to school, how many people come back to school, those types of things. And, you know, what we've noticed, we've started to, to ask some questions and get some clarifications um, from a lot of the K-12 schools that we partner with. and. And um, we're just now starting to hear, you know, people are thinking about, wow, you know, we have all these devices that have never or um, infrequently been in school. Um, and we're going to have, you know, this flow of devices coming back in June that we have to be able to handle. So, yeah, that that's kind of the high level, you know, focus that I'm having when it comes to devices now is how do we provide value and, in, 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 you know, information to schools to help that return of devices go as smoothly as possible. Well, yeah, so in summary, we have a number of devices, um, could be a third, a half, depending on where the schools were before the pandemic, a number of devices coming back into the school that have never been in the school before, or like you said, infrequently. But then also it just, it just bears repeating, we're looking at the highest number of devices in schools in any given school ever. So it, it, the, the amount or the volume of devices is going to go up considerably. So those ones that have never been in before, you know, added to the ones that were already there. So kind of two, really one challenge, but two different ways to look at it. So, okay, so let's start off and talk about helping people. How, what, what, what do they need to be thinking of? Let's start off with configuration. I mean, we, we can, Focus more specifically on Chrome if we want, because the fact of the matter is the the, the lion's share of devices right now going into K-12 schools are Chrome devices, but there's still, you know, there's there's PCs and iPads and things like that too. So can you touch on what people maybe should be thinking about from a configuration standpoint to make sure that goes smoothly? 
Yeah, and and I would I would broaden it a little bit to just support and you know the the tech service teams within these organizations, the the CTOs, the the tech coordinators, um, and thinking about what they need to do. So you know some organizations were able to get these devices in their hands, um, configure these devices, you know, just like they had in previous years, and get get them out to students. Um, some did not have that luxury, right? So from an organizational perspective, the schools just have to identify what needs to happen to these devices. Sometimes they were configured in more of a light manner, not 100% how they would have um, decided or chosen to do so. So that's that's one thing. The other thing too is thinking about um, the cleaning of, of those units when they come back. How do we take all these devices in, a, in according to different, you know, different OEMs and, you know, whether it's it's Chromebooks or, or mobile devices, tablets, et cetera. You know, the data is sharing that there's anywhere from two, two to two and a half times the amount of devices at homes this year or in homes than um, this time last year. So a lot of devices are at home, which means a lot of devices are coming back and need to be um, clean and, and configured to work for the students on site in the fall, let's hope. Yeah, definitely. Um, and again, something that people maybe hadn't thought of. So those are two pretty key considerations. I mean, I think configuration is pretty straightforward, but again, just thinking about doing a full configuration, kind of a teaser here. There are a number of, of on the Chrome side, there are a number of Google software offerings coming out um, very soon that we'll be talking about on a future podcast. So there are a lot of enhancements coming, so that that integration and management and and you know flexibility and and so forth is going to be is going to be enhanced pretty significantly uh, if schools choose to go that route. So stay tuned for that. Um, so configuring, cleaning, um, good good start. How about uh, charging? You know a number a number you know these have been charged at home in in an environment where there's plenty of charging available, but now if you're looking at dozens of devices per classroom or cl across dozens of classrooms across you know an entire school um, how does that how, how should that be mitigated how can that be handled well yeah you mentioned that many of these devices especially the devices that have been purchased within the last year um, and maybe some organizations hadn't had that ramp up plan but obviously the pandemic led to that um, and so what we noticed just with the the schools that we work with that traditionally would have purchased, you know, charge carts, you know, those types of things is they simply didn't do that because um, the assumption was that these devices would be charged at home, which which makes sense. Uh, the, the question in some of the conversations now that we're having with these schools is what happens when all these devices come back and we you know, we we haven't thought about charging. Um, so another thing that goes with that too is a lot of, especially in the younger grades, but um, maybe there were some teachers that uh, wouldn't have used a lot of the technology or the online tools to facilitate um, teaching and learning. And maybe some of the students wouldn't have had access to devices, but the pandemic forced that. What that also is doing is probably in a good way um, is leading to more effective um, purposeful use of technology in the classrooms next fall, which means more technology use, which means 
more uh, charging is needed or will be needed. So yeah, we're seeing a need and starting to hear from, from schools as far as mobile charging, being able for students to, to charge without having to be tethered to a, um, a wall, an outlet, um, a charge cart. So those are the types of things that we're we're hearing and schools are, are slowly starting to think about um, as they come out of the pandemic. Okay, can you go like another layer of detail? Um, and I know you're working on some some partnerships with, with some vendors that have some pretty uh, interesting and intriguing charging, um, mass bulk charging, whatever you want to call it, options and products. Can you, if you want to stay brand agnostic, that's fine. We can we can talk specifics on a future mm -hmm. podcast. But can you break down like what does that mean? I mean, I know there's there's charging towers. That's that's one option where you kind of have a mobile tower and it has a number of plugins, and you can charge up to X number of devices. They're charging strips, you know, power packs, things like that. Can you just break down maybe the different options that schools can start thinking about? And if you want to get specific with yeah. with vendors, you can, but just maybe lay out the different options and different ways to look at this. Yeah, I, I mean, most people are familiar with the charge cards, right? The storage and, and charging, and that usually, you know, you're charging devices overnight and, and having those things be 100%. Um, you have the charge towers. It really depends on those towers if you want to be tethered, right? So a lot of those towers have to be connected um, to the wall, and then somebody has to go to those towers and and, and connect their devices. Um, there are some others uh, that are do not have to be connected to the wall, but you know you're you're supporting maybe five, six devices at a time being charged. What I'm talking about mobile is really you know, something like a 20,000 milliamp um, uh, charging brick that can charge a, a Chromebook or a laptop from zero to 100, you know, twice is, is kind of the idea. And some of these uh, bricks will also charge multiple devices at a time. Um, the reason that's powerful is that, again, students have the flexibility uh, to charge multiple devices at a time, maybe Maybe it's their Chromebook. Maybe it's also, you know, a, a different mobile device, whatever it might be. But it allows them to flow within the, the learning and not have to be tied up to a charge cart or a tower that's plugged into the wall. Interesting. So more to come on that, but good good for people to start thinking about. Um, it's kind of an emerging emerging vertical maybe or sub subcategory mm -hmm. for accessories so so it's more more to come on that um let's talk about software classroom management um this is kind of how you know pre-pandemic this is a little more mature product category because this was happening before you know all devices were really in the school and many of them wouldn't even be allowed to go home with students so classroom management and other software was was something that was front and center when devices started rolling out. So can you talk about, you know, now that we're bringing devices back into the school, what to think about from that standpoint? And maybe if you want to pick out some of your favorites, mention some names about, you know, and, and we can link, you know, anything we talk about, we can link in the, in the description of the podcast. So if you want more information, you can, you can get it that way. But um, yeah, talk about what people should think about for, for software. Yeah, what from the IT side or the tech coordinator side, I, I know a lot of people have leveraged uh, different solutions for cloud uh, filtering and in management, right? So they were 
sending those devices home and um, a lot of them had some level of, of filtering on them, not all of them. So a couple things to think about is when you bring them back into, into the school, kind of goes to the configuration piece, what solutions, you know, whether it's GoGuardian, Securely, um, Deladeo, whatever it might be, those are solutions. Another thing that has come up, again, kind of reverting back to teachers feeling more comfortable using the technology and feeling more comfortable having the students use the technology, especially in the elementary spaces, is how do you provide teachers the ability the ability to uh, manage uh, the the learning environment um, through those types of tools as well. So um, the Go Guardians, et cetera, right, that I already mentioned, they have teacher elements and, and licenses as well that allow those teachers who maybe haven't taught with student devices in their physical classrooms in the past, but they will be moving forward. It provides them that bridge of, of management that um, maybe in the past uh, scared them a little bit, but this would allow them to, as they embark on, you know, even a one-to-one -one environment for students in their elementary classrooms, they have access and, and uh, they can guide those student devices in a way that, you know, makes sense for that learning environment. Yep, got it, makes sense. Uh, what about headphones? So the, you know, there's been a lot of independent learning, I'm sure going on throughout this, you know, students watching videos independently, answering, you know, quizzes, things like that. So now again, you bring back 30 devices in the same classroom. Uh, can you talk about maybe the importance of, at least the consideration of headphones and how that might help and, and what your thoughts are on that? Yeah, so, First off, when it comes to the pandemic and, and teaching and learning, we know that face-to-face um, -face for the vast majority of, of students and teachers makes the most sense, right? And and but at that, with that being said, there was some aha moments, or has been some aha moments around, man, this could really work in my classroom well too, um, when the students are in the classroom, and so. What I'm getting to is there are some instructional strategies, opportunities, um, experiences that teachers and students will want to um, replicate from a distance environment into a face-to-face um, -face environment, leveraging the technology in the classroom. And that's really where headphones come in, right? They don't have to be super expensive, but the idea that they um, they limit the noise in the classroom, number one, they allow students to, to um, focus on their work. Also the self-directed nature, which a lot of students have um, out of necessity have become a lot better at, at doing is being self-directed in their in their learning. It, it'd be really cool to take some of those new skills that students have learned and uh, enhance those in the classroom. So, you know, I think headphones, it's a very basic tool and product and a cost-effective product, but it can lead to really good um, teaching and learning opportunities in the classroom in the fall. Great. Okay, last question, um, kind of a broad one. Can you talk about integrating these back with the existing technology? You know, you, you work with a lot of different brands and they know, you know, if they're not a mobile device OEM, they know that a lot of mobile devices are going to come back in the classroom. So those that 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 
you know, make STEM tools and interactive flat panels, front of classroom technology, audio, things like that. They're all thinking about how they integrate their products with mobile devices. So can you talk about any considerations that people should have or things that they should think about leveraging with the mobile devices coming back and integrating with uh, the existing or maybe new technology that's going into the classroom, but basically mobile device technology integrating with something that's not a mobile device in the classroom. Yeah, and it depends what else is in your space. That's one thing at Tierney that, you know, we try every conversation to have with schools is to, is to identify what they already have in place and make sure that any new investments enhance what they already have and vice versa to make sure those puzzle pieces go well together. Um, the other part of this, I would say, is making sure that the teachers get the appropriate professional learning and professional development to take and, and highlight, help them understand and highlight what worked well in a remote environment and how do we take that and integrate those things that did work well in the last year? And how do we re-engineer those experiences in a face-to-face -face environment? Um, and also tie into you know, the standards and the, the curriculum materials and the other technologies that they have in place. So I would say that that is a, a big part. You know, uh, it, it is what it is. Um, a lot of organizations, and maybe if not all organizations, Unfortunately, this came on so fast and, you know, I'm amazed by all the teachers that I've talked to and even teachers of my own children, how quickly they had to adjust and really do the best they can. And their professionalism was outstanding. Um, but we also know that there's things that, you know, normal people could not learn in such a, a short time frame. So, you know, from Tierney's perspective, you know, we have opportunities to help these teachers really, again, take what worked in the remote environment and, and make that an even better experience in the face-to-face -face environment. Ryan, appreciate having you on as always. Thank you for the, the good insight. Um, just uh, looking ahead, our plan for the next episode is to actually have a few members of our professional development team on and to do a tips and tricks podcast. So we'll talk about different tips and tricks for various software and hardware tools that you may already have uh, in, your, in your classroom, district, or school. So Ryan, thanks again for joining. And for those of you listening, we appreciate it. And we look forward to talking with you again soon.